You're now listening to Sanity at the Movies, Disney Princess Edition. Oh boy, oh boy. Today we get to talk about a movie that, as I was leaving the house today, my wife said, Be nice to Pocahontas, you suck! Those were the last words she said as I left the house, because she likes this movie for some reason. Your wife has inexplicable taste. Well, yes. But I also wonder, because my wife grew up she she was a younger kid in the 90s than like we were teenagers around the time that Pocahontas came out she was not were we actually teenagers when Pocahontas came out i don't think you know we as were. i as i thought that i thought you know that's false well there you go we were 10 11 something like yeah. that teenagers almost teenagers that that was the thing that i told myself in the microsecond that it took us to all these thoughts to flash through my brain i said you know we were teenagers technically isn't 11 Nope. What are those numbers called? Double digits. We were double digits. We were double digits. But you don't get to be a teenager until you're 13, I guess? Yeah. Is that how that works? Yeah, until you're actually a teen. Yeah. Well, okay, that makes sense. Fine. We were tweens. When Pocahontas came out, she would have been, like, not a tween. And so, I don't know. Does the gener- does the generation that's, like, one level under us actually remember this movie with nostalgia? That's my question. Do people care about this thing does somebody remember this fondly did somebody like think of this as one of the disney classics that they grew up with i don't think so i mean i was the oldest in my family and i have brothers spaced out all the way down to 12 years difference from me and none of them liked pocahontas there are plenty of other disney movies like i think they would all remember hercules and hunchback more fondly than pocahontas yeah well who can blame them pocahontas is Kind of a dud. It is one of the biggest Disney duds of the modern era. Well, and by the way, well, first of all, by the way, this is Sanity at the Movies. I'm Nathan. That's Jake. He's a pastor. We're talking about Pocahontas, in case you hadn't figured that out yet. Now we've done our introductions. By the way, I don't think it really matters what your politics are either. No. Like, this is not us liberal bashing. Nope. This is us bashing preachy didactic movies with exactly. low entertainment value. Exactly. It's like uh, there are plenty of uh, movies that are more subversive in their politics that are just better movies that, you know, they're more beautifully animated. They have better songs. They have funnier moments. They have a better story. They have more relatable characters. Like what does Pocahontas bring to the table besides some formulaic crap that they don't deliver on in any single place? Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. It's I mean, it's not good as far as like a sense of scene and place. Like they made Virginia about the most boring place you could possibly be. I, I will say maybe the one positive thing also. Maybe there's a couple of things, but the the scenery is pretty. Like the colors, those purples and greens. When you and- hit when you hit the colors of the wind, scenic montage, things are pretty for the only time in the movie. Wow, that's harsh. I mean. I don't like this movie, but I thought it was nice to look at. Like when Pocahontas is on the river, just around the river bend, all that kind of stuff. You didn't think that was pretty? Purples and greens. and it's just yeah. an, I like the color palette. I guess that's... It's just a darker color palette than most Disney films. Yeah. It's very austere feeling to me. Yeah. I'm, in every way. And it, Pocahontas is an austere heroine. Yeah. And, and all, the, all the supporting characters are duds. Yeah. Who, who has any fondness for Miko and Flit? Like, this, I couldn't even have told you coming into the movie what their what anybody's names were besides Pocahontas and John Smith. 
Yeah, I forgot about Miko and Flit and the dog. They yeah, they weren't I interesting. I forgot that they even existed. They weren't interesting. The the villain's a dud. I mean, he's just a dandy without any kind of real sadistic glee or interest or played by Cogsworth. Played by played by Cogsworth. The I don't know, is there anything else? I liked hearing young Christian Bale. That was kind of fun. Uh, and, and Mel Gibson was distracting. Mel Gibson was distracting, although it was just nice to remember Mel Gibson. I was like, yeah. oh, I like that Mel Gibson. He was a good star. He was a charismatic he, he, good star. He sure loves being in those movies where he gets to kill those Indians. Yeah, he does. He does. <laughs> Mel Gibson was distracting. Ah, boy. I mean, I think the music, I'm, I'm just trying to go through the positives here. Colors of the Wind is catchy. Colors of the Wind is catchy. I like the bad guy song, actually. The Mind, Mind, Mind song was kind of cute. I thought. Yeah, I thought it was a fine idea, but it doesn't really deliver. Not on your expectations from a la- uh, uh, not a Latin, well, but this point, Little you'd Mermaid have, or, or Beauty and the Beast. Or, or you'd have Be Prepared, you'd have Gaston, you'd yeah. have, I guess Jafar didn't have one, but yeah. Yeah, it's one of those, like, it just falls short. Yeah, it was pretty boring. I mean, I wanted to go into it with an open mind. I I did go into it with an open mind. I was prepared to say, hey, you know, Disney was really smart back in the 90s. Maybe I just didn't like it because I was a boy and I was getting older. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> nope. Nope. Sorry. It's a bad movie. It is It is pretty bad. It's, it's just a downer. Yeah. Nobody's likable. Everybody's kind of, like you said, austere. The ending. The most likable character is like Powell Hatton and the Christian Bale character. Like, yeah, I like. Those are the two was most likable. Thomas, char- yeah, yeah, Thomas. He was he's a good character. I, I would have rather followed Thomas's adventures and see him become a man or something and make some right. animal friends. And then you throw in on top of it that it is the laziest movie in its preachiness. Mm-hmm. Like, well, just listen to the pantheistic spirits because everybody hates each other because they're different. Let's have a song about how we hate each other because we hate people that are different from us. It's just like, come on, guys. There's a way to tell this story that is not just as stupid and lame Well, and for boring. I, I think you kind of have to make your choice. You're either going to... And Hunchback had this problem too, although I think Hunchback made more interesting choices. You have to choose when you're doing this, these kinds of things... Are you going to just disney it or are you going to stick to history? And I think if you're going to disney it, I'm, I'm disney the crap it. out of give it. Give us a big slapstick fight at the end. Don't give us this downer of an ending where yeah. John Smith, I mean, the real Pocahontas actually went to England. Right. Like she went with John Rolfe, not John Smith. Right. And but if you're going to disney it, send her off with John Smith. What the heck? Combine the, them, them into one John character and let her go with just him. Just call the him end. John the whole time. Yeah. And let it be ambiguous. Yeah. Like. John Rolf Smith. Yeah. I mean, that maybe gets to the heart of part of the problem with even choosing Pocahontas to begin with. It's like, if if you've selected source material that is so fraught with difficulty, disputed, Mm -hmm. agonized over. You can't win. Yeah. What are you going to do to, what are you going to do? Like, that's. That's just really what Disney stick to the legends, stick to the fantasy, stick to the fairy tales. And okay, there aren't good Native American fairy tales, and you really want a Native American princess, make one up. Yeah, or, or like, here's an idea: do do some do some good 
cultural appropriation. Steal a German fairy tale or something and stick exactly. it over there. Yeah. You could do something. And, and plus, I don't buy that there aren't good Native American fairy tales that you could probably dig up There's and, and Disney-fy. There's got to be something. Have Pocahontas face off against the Wendigo or something like that. I mean, Frozen 2 basically did Pocahontas without a love story in a much more fun and sophisticated way. They had a, their its own separate point. It had its own it had characters that you liked and were engaged with. Good comedy, like it's not a it's not by any stretch a good a great movie. Frozen Two, but it is so much better than this. Well, yeah, Pocahontas does not deserve to be a Disney classic, and Pocahontas herself does not deserve to be a Disney princess. What a boring character. Yeah. What a boring design for a character. She looks like a Maxim model. I mean, she with those lips and everything. Everything about her, yeah. She I'm I'm sorry. Here here's the thing. I always feel a little bit like a dirty old man having these conversations about the Disney princesses, but then I think, you know, animators and producers and people agonized about what to make this character look like. Absolutely. For everything, hours and hours in and animation days and, specifically especially every line ever is a choice right like and so the fact that she's dressed like a cheesecake princess you know halloween costume princess kind of character like with those angelina jolie lips and everything like every one of those things was a choice by a man mm -hmm. and i don't know what to say about it besides that it's just lame yeah <laughs> well they were trying to accentuate native american features and not be accused of whiteifying pocahontas right but they're way more sophisticated about that sort of thing now with moana with right. things like that like they can actually do it yeah but this is this is a fail yeah pocahontas just looks like a, mo a supermodel basically and a, a an austere unapproachable one yeah she looks like the kind the one of those french supermodels that you see that like walk down the runway and the like right. unapproachable with the cheekbones with the cheekbones and the jawline and the jawline and, and the lips that no actual woman has and from a surgery and and it takes away from the story i think actually that she looks like that because it's like john smith even within the confines of this dumb story that they wrote he's not learning anything about native culture He's, He's just like, like, wow, a Maxim model. With cool. With legs. With legs. <laughs> Great. I love this culture. <laughs> I mean, I keep thinking about Dances uh, with Wolves, which is, you know, maybe not a great movie, but it does all, it hits all these same kinds of beats in a powerful way that a lot of people really love and that I really like. I haven't seen it for 20 years, but yeah. there's a way to tell this kind of story and make it powerful. It's, it's actually a really fun story, I think, when... You have an outsider that has to learn a different culture and learn the language. And like the whole middle act that takes about five minutes, 10 minutes, and they magic over with listen with your heart. Yeah. That's actually what that's, would have been that's fun where and all relatable. The is, right? Yeah. Or would have been or could have been. But you just have like Pocahontas has to be the noble savage who instantly sees everything. So we have to jump through all the tension in a song, right? Like suddenly she just knows and understands everything about what's wrong with these white Europeans that have showed up. You can own the earth and still all you'll own is earth until, you know, like, yeah. you know, 
how high will the sycamore grow? If you cut it down, you'll never know. Like all these things, these insights that she has into what's wrong with you and what's wrong with Western civilization. She develops them in a fraction of a second and is going to preach them, exposit them to John. Yeah. She's, she's just not, I mean, I, I suppose we're just going to keep hitting these same yeah, points. If and, you're going to have these kinds of lessons, you got to make it at least feel earned, right? If John's going to learn a lesson, he needs to, it needs to be earned. It can't just be, oh, the babe sang a song to me and now I understand everything. I want to become an Indian now. And I'm glad that that mother bear didn't maul us when we stole its cup. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, yeah, you start to think about what's actually going on in here. This is not how nature works. Not, <laughs> for a no. song about the beauties and wonders of Mother Nature, Mother Nature wouldn't stand for half these things that they're doing. Nope. Oh, boy. Well... I don't really have much context to offer on this movie besides that this was kind of the first movie that they really put into development post Beauty and the Beast. And I think I read somewhere that Katzenberg said, we didn't get the Oscar with Beauty and the Beast. We want the Oscar with this one. And that's what this movie feels like to me. That that feel that feels like that kind of encapsulates everything that's wrong with it. We're not trying yeah. we're not we're not we we're have not this, trying we're, to make a great movie. We have for a story that's burning in us that we really want to yeah. tell. No, we know that the it's just like the a Newberry Prize or whatever. Exactly. Right? Like when you tell kids literature the way to get awards for or kids stories, whether it's in uh literature or film, the way to get awards from adults for adults is for it to be the most obvious propagandizing right. crap. And stuff that these people, I, I don't think even interested the people that made it. I think that, you know, I mean, it's easy to conjecture about other people's motives, but it, this movie feels like the kind of movie that's made not because someone's dying to tell the story, but because they think they will be award, rewarded yeah. for telling this story. They're pandering. They're pandering. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. It's a purely pragmatic decision, and that means that pragmatism is going to drive your story choices. And it really feels that way because it's like, let's... Reduce the Disney formula, rebellious heroine meets dude, da 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 da. Let's distill that and then let's graft it on. We need to some, some comic side characters. But we don't, there's no inspiration. These comic side characters aren't funny. They're not nope. interesting. And their scenarios aren't funny and they're not sympathetic. You don't care about them. Like they don't, their relationship to Pocahontas is ambiguous at best. It's flits a little protective for some reason, but. There's just no, like, we don't see them interact. We don't have any, like, establishing. Like, you get more emotion and sympathy established when Prince Philip falls off his horse into the stupid water mm -hmm. and makes a face at him or whatever he does there. Yeah. Like, there's more of a relationship established between Philip and his horse mm -hmm. in Sleeping Beauty than Pocahontas and these characters that they're going to make into figures and put into Happy Meals and to... Uh, like, come on, man. You guys have already done Timon and Pumbaa. Like, well, you, you, you know how to do this. You've done Sebastian and, and Flounder and Scuttle. You've done, like, you know that you've done Abu. You, you like, aren't just like. And Carpet. You've and learned how, you are the, Raja, you like, are the Michelangelo's, the Da Vinci's. <laughs> like, you, you've painted the Sistine Chapel. Now you give us these stick figures. Like. Yeah, it's just like. You are the masters on. of the comic side characters. In that sense, it is like, I think probably has to be one of the most disappointing Disney movies ever because you come to Little Mermaid and then you hit Beauty and the Beast and then you hit Aladdin and then you hit The Lion King 
And it's just win, 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 mm-hmm. win. Like, and when you hit the Lion King, it's like, wow, Disney just keeps getting better. They just keep getting better. Mm-hmm. And then the very next thing is Pocahontas. And it's just like. It's basically the end of the Renaissance as far as I'm concerned. As yeah. far as everybody's concerned, I think. Yeah, it is the end because it's just like, okay, well. It's like. what You lost it. It's that kind of lightning in the bottle kind of thing. Like once you realize you have it, you don't have it anymore. Like, oh, now we're trying to be important. Now we're trying to win an Oscar. and Now we're trying to do things. Now we're trying to do something important. Yeah. Well, and the other piece of trivia, which I think I've said on this podcast in one place or another, is all the best animators worked on Pocahontas. It It was in production at the same time as Lion King. And everybody was, you know, murdering their mother to work on Pocahontas because that was the important one. And nobody wanted to work on Lion King. And it's just one of those famous historical kind of oops. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> that, there were some there were some nice little foresty callbacks to to moments like to, to Beauty and the Beast type animation and things like that. I I overstated my case earlier, but the animation's pretty when she's just like running through the woods or But it's not while there are pretty things that happen and some pretty animation going on. It really doesn't like. I mean, think of uh, think of scenes from any of those other films, right? And I mean, just the sense of space and the sense of I'm in the savanna. I'm in the or, environment. This is yeah. the Beast's castle. I, yeah, it's just like there's just what what do you actually have of that in Pocahontas? Not much. Not much. So I don't know. I mean, when you think of the Beast's castle, you think of the ballroom, you think of the West Wing, you think of the table, you you have all these... Yeah, and... and Lived in places. All these lived in places, and that's just thinking of the Beast's castle, right? You also have the courtyard and, the, and snow, but then, then you say, okay, what about the her poor provincial town? It's like, oh, yeah. And her dad's house. They're places. And... You there's think the about baker, there's the I can see all of these places. Think about Agrabah and the, you know, the Sultan's castle and you know the menagerie and the Jafar's lair and or the cave of wonders or. When you think about like when I think about Pocahontas, the only image that comes to mind is a babe with some colors kind of streaming off of exactly. her. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> the Little Mermaid, you could argue, has this problem a little bit, but it really doesn't. Like you. You still come over the reef and then you've got Triton's castle there and you've got, you know, the place where you're going to perform and you've got Ariel's little cove and you've got Ursula's den and you've got the palace and well, you've got that these, little beach area. Each place has its, what word, its icon, its figurehead. You know, Ariel, if she's going to sing, is going to be on a specific reef and it's going to be situated in the middle of the frame and we're all going to remember that image. Pocahontas yeah. doesn't have those kinds of things there's not that one cliff that she just goes and stands on or that one i guess there's yeah. grandmother willow's little yeah, tree alcove or whatever willow's cove down the 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 bend in the river but there's all kind of just kind of pretty foresty yeah stuff it's not a good movie it got off to the wrong foot like i was i was with the movie for about 30 seconds like through the first verse of the song that opens it. And then the second verse immediately killed it for me because they just started immediately. I don't remember what the lyrics are. I don't think I wrote them down, but they started immediately just getting didactic. Like the king doesn't care about us. He just wants gold. I mean, it wasn't much better than that. Like we're going to destroy the land. 
We're gonna ravage it and get the gold mm. and kill all the Indians we find. For the Virginia Company. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, I won't talk about Ashman again, but man, you miss somebody that knew. Has his- there ever been a, uh, had the, did they ever go out of their way to say, Alan Menken, Alan Menken, Alan Menken at the front of any other Disney movie? I don't think so. (laughs) Because they sure did on this one. It was pretty striking. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sure, I mean, he was worth whatever they paid them because the only things that actually do hold up about this movie are some of his music. I mean, Mm -hmm. Colors of the Wind is a pretty song. And it's an iconic song. Like, it's a song that'll probably last, I guess. At least as a touchstone that people make fun of, it'll last. Like, when when you want to make fun of that kind of garbage environmentalism stuff earth day you know anybody that wants to raise an eyebrow at any of that stuff is going to reference colors of the wind so Mm -hmm. it'll live on as camp if nothing else we shouldn't let them off the hook without giving them a good drubbing for the fact that this villain is such a he's so villain forgettable yeah like the side characters and villains disney never messes those up maybe the heroine might be insipid the prince might be insipid any number of things might be wrong but you can always rely on Disney for so good, funny side characters and, and a great villain. Great villains, yep. Yeah, and they blew it. Yeah, he's just... He's a nothing. He's greedy. How interesting. I mean, I don't know. What, what, why? What's boring about him? What's, why, why doesn't he work? I mean, in part, he's, he has no real power or potence, right? Yeah, he's just, like, he's, he's, a, he's a comic relief who really never, he's, he's a fop. He's not a real... F- yeah, he's a fop. He's not a real threat in any way. And any of the real men who are there digging and putting up the pieces of fence, if they just turn on him at any second, like he's done for. Yeah, there has to be a believable like we get why guest why everybody sucks up to guest on. Yeah. Yeah, as comical and over the top and cartoony as it is. It's supposed to be cartoony, it's a cartoon. But with Ratcliffe, it's like why these guys are all pretty decent. Thomas seems like a decent guy. The two kind of other guys, yeah. Billy Conley and whatever the other, that they seem cool. Like, why are yeah, they listening to this fop? Yeah, there's nobody that is like Team Radcliffe, except for that little gay servant dude. But he's only he's just he's just a turncoat. Like, yeah, he's he would have been a more interesting villain than Radcliffe, honestly. Well, if you were like puppeteering Radcliffe or something like that, that might have been interesting. I just thought of another idea that would have been interesting. What if we actually played these characters? Like, we have these characters the way they are. What if we actually made what would happen happen, which is none of these guys take Radcliffe seriously, seriously. at all. And then Radcliffe can get dangerous and psychotic because he's not being taken seriously. Yeah. Give him something. Yep. Have him go and actually shoot, be the guy that shoots somebody. Yeah, or right. also have him shoot John Smith. Just make him an evil Native American guy with sorcery powers because that's what Disney's actually good at. Like, But they didn't want to do that because politics. Yeah, but you've got good Indians, so why not have a bad one? Because if you have bad and good Indians, then you're going to have a white man savior. John Smith's going to have to be, and Pocahontas together are going to have to be mediating between the Indian conflict and instead you want the white conflict to be the white man. Okay. So it has to be a white man. 
I'm just trying to think. Like, Vidone has to be a white. Let's guy. say, let's say we're in the writers' room and we have all the restrictions that we know we'd have. Yep. What 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 would we do with the villain to make him an actual interesting, cool Disney villain? Uh, you know what you do is you make him a slaver. You make him cunning. Maybe he came to Virginia for gold, and as soon as he realizes he's not going to get gold, instead of idiotically being like, "Let's just kill the Indians. They have the gold," he cunningly sees. Actually, we've got an opportunity here. He's actually one step some, ahead of everybody the right. whole time instead of one step behind. Every, exactly. Yeah. So, well, what's the most valuable resource around here? It's all these people that nobody, everybody back home is going to be completely willing to dehumanize. So, and all of my men have been trained to dehumanize. And so then let's make the story about the humanization of the Native Americans to, to these white guys. Yeah. And have John and, and Pocahontas love story. Since we're doing that and disnifying it, then you've got a villain. He may not have a lot of Gaston level very uh, uh, vitality. Right. He may not have Jafar level like sorcery, but he's cunning. He's smart, and he's playing to the everyone's baser instincts. And everybody came here uh, do a better job of establishing the fact that all these people came here because they're at the end of their rope, and they need to come back with something. They need to establish some kind of. Let's just take that opening scene, yeah. And instead of being like, "Well, the king just wants gold, and we're all stupid," let's go around to a couple of the different guys and be like, "Yeah, my." dad's in debtor's prison and another person be like yeah i uh got locked in the stocks and i lost everything and you know whatever it is whatever you can instead of sort of telling us really show us that these guys have to make this work they have to have to find a way to make it work and they've landed in virginia and all of the things that the spanish and the portuguese and whoever else the French have found in other places, whether it's gold or whatever else it is, sugar, it's not here. Mm-hmm. They're trees. So what are we going to do? How do we make this work? We got, we invested our, our whole lives. We uprooted our whole, everything is based on the idea that coming here is going to change our lives and we can make it work. Like it's going to help us do things for our families back. It's going to whatever. Okay, now you're very vulnerable and susceptible to this guy saying, actually, there is a resource here, Mm -hmm. and it's slave labor. And then you can play in that space of, you know, and have people with different levels of tension. Some people are just like, yeah, they're not human, whatever, let's do the thing. I've got bills to pay, I got people to get out of debt, whatever it is. You got other people that are like, no, I didn't sign up for that. That's a step too far for me, but... I also have these other pressures, plus the pre- peer pressure. Then you've got real tension that you can play with and build. Right. All right. So I've run that point into the ground, but that that's my answer. Yeah. Final I, answer. I, I think. Do I win a million dollars? I think so. I think so. I'll have to check. I'll have to see what the, the coffers are like for Warhorn Media. I like that idea. I think if they want to be serious, the... Maybe an even better idea, to my mind, would be to completely disnify things. And Ratcliffe teams up with the the shaman from the other tribe who can raise the demon thing. Oh, yeah. You know, like well, just give us a monster for crying out loud. Well, yeah, they uh, the Wendigo, right? Um, well, they, I mean, they establish Powhatan and his team and whatever the 
the handsome buff oh, guy that yeah. she's supposed to marry. The, he, it's so serious. Yeah. Because Pocahontas seems like such a joy to be around. Yeah, exactly. But she really wants to be around his fun people. Yeah. Um, they just got back from battle with this tribe. They just got back from a battle with the tribe. Mm-hmm. That's the, it, you're right. That is the, the other clear way that they could go. It's like, well, there's a warring tribe. Right. There's and another I, tribe out there. I think we could get away with bad natives as long as we have lots of good noble natives. And there have to, there has to be bad white people. We can't get away without that. But yeah. if Ratliff, I mean, Ratliff could even be manipulating the quote unquote bad natives and the bad natives could see the error of their ways at the end. But in the meantime, they could create a smoke monster or something like that. Yeah. As long <laughs> as you can have him uh, manipulate the Indian without patronizing the Indians. Yeah, no. Yeah. He just teams up with the with the witch doctor. The witch doctor raises a monster. I mean, the witch doctor can cast a spell that manipulates, you know, the chief and whoever else. You can have any number of bad white guys go with Ratliff, Radcliffe or Radliff, Ratliff. Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe. And any number of good guys stay with John and the good tribe. So you have good Indians and good white people. You can have it only be a handful. Yeah. You have it be like, Good Indians and two or three white people against the bad Indians and 10 or 15 or 20 other white guys. Well, and as silly as that is, I actually think that they should have done something like that. Or th- I think they should have just made it a fairy tale. They should have leaned into the magic of it all because th- the one thing they're never going to do is actually tell the Pocahontas story, right. which A, is kind of legend anyway. From my understanding, John Smith. John Smith legend made it all legend. Yeah, John Smith wrote diaries. And I think, if I'm remembering correctly, in his diaries, there are like three different women that want to sacrifice themselves to save him. Like, we don't know what the real story of Pocahontas is. We know she was a girl that maybe did the thing with John Smith and then was, I think, captured and married John Rolfe when she was 14, came to England and died when she was 21 or something like that. Like the most, the clearest. But was a celebrity for a time. Yeah, the clearest bit of history we have is her in England. Converted to Christianity and she was a celebrity. And then John, you know, the most people think now basically she was just a tool uh, for John Smith to leverage his own fame. Right. With. But the John Rolfe story where she's captured, she converts, they, they actually... Seems like they fell in love. That's a pretty sweet story, actually. Or at least you could make a sweet story out of it. <sighs> well, that's not what they did. Nope. Boy, I feel like we should give people a little bit more, but I'm not sure what else. Sorry, folks. It's not our fault this episode is going to be short. What do you want us to say all the same stuff, bashing Pocahontas for another half an hour? I mean, I wish that I could throw some bones to people who have some kind of love or nostalgia for it, but... I don't have any bones to throw. The movie didn't give me many bones to throw. Well, my wife loves musicals. She likes the soundtrack. If people like the soundtrack, I understand that. It's a pretty good soundtrack, I guess. I like most of the songs. Mengen's still a good songwriter. He didn't lose that just because Mm -hmm. the conception of the movie was dumb. The lyrics obviously aren't as good. Some of them are pretty terrible, actually. Yeah. Uh, Grandmother Willow, it's creepy. Well, this movie just doesn't land that mix of magic and realism. Like, if we're going to tell a story about racism, then we don't really need a talking tree mitigating unless it. That, unless the talking tree is going to actually be part of the conflict. Right. If the talking tree is is exists to mitigate things, then that's stupid. If the talking tree ends up being part of the conflict. Well, 
I really want to watch The Lion King again. That's what I really want to do. If the, every time we criticize one of these movies, I end up thinking about the fact that The Lion King actually gets some of those things right. Yeah. Especially with the moral content. Like, Well, you would be hard-pressed to find a thing that The Lion King gets wrong. And that's like part of the genius of The Lion King is it just makes no mistakes. There are no... I'm sure that we would, if we went back and watched it, we would find some missteps. Mm -hmm. But man, whatever they are, they're so small and so few. Well, I think just the fact that its hero actually gets to learn something and grow as opposed to being the one person in his tribe that gets it, gets it that, that just makes that movie maybe the best. I don't know. I still think Beauty and the Beast is the best. And Beauty and the Beast has some, some growth for its heroine, maybe a little bit growth of sympathy or something like that even though she is pretty cool from the get-go uh, let's see is there anything else to say about pocahontas i don't think so i can't it's just kind of a bummer the ending's a bummer yeah like is has there ever been a disney movie that's ended on like an abstract point e being made like this even the, without an action even the climax? actual even the abstract point uh, it's not really established it's just like my people need me why? Because the movie says that, yeah, it's stupid. Like, you've not done one, you don't even care about your people. Like, you weren't, like, you weren't there when the warriors came back. You weren't there when you were off in the woods flirting with John Smith this whole time. Like, what do you bring to your people that is so essential? Exactly. The only case we could make would be you could bring some good PR by going with John Smith. Like, kind of, maybe kind of like the real Pocahontas. Exactly. You know, the real Pocahontas goes to England and softens everybody up to the Native Americans. That's some value that you can bring to your people. That worked. Like, but what value that has she shown? Like, what did she, it just doesn't. Of all the Disney, well, okay. I think Ariel probably still takes the cake for the person that I would least like to hang out with in real life. Because Ariel really is just, just an, a brat. A brat, a, a, an obnoxious brat. But Pocahontas comes in second. This is not a likable character. She judges everybody. She's not around to help or be part of things or be part of the tribe. Always going to go off and do her own thing. She's always going to do her own thing. She's always going to put herself in harm's way, get other people in trouble, get other people killed. And her sense of fun is turning over your canoe and getting you wet and then splashing you, which I don't think is very fun. And her animal friends are dumb. I like the dog. I'll throw, I'll throw the dog a bone. No pun intended. The dog is the only one that has any real growth. Yeah, the dog. <laughs> the dog went on a good journey. <laughs> hero's journey. Can we tell the, the hero's journey of that dog? Yeah, can we map Campbell onto the dog here? Uh, yeah, I like the dog. The dog and the raccoon's relationship was cute, I guess. They learned to respect each other, just like the savages on both sides needed to do. Uh, oh, I can talk about Pocahontas 2. Savages barely even human. Oh man, what a what a pandering song. What a Because they're not like me. Like that's just like what the heck? There's a way yeah. to make this lesson land and this is not it. This is just didacticism, pure and simple. And it's really lame. I mean, if you want to make John Smith more of an unlikable racist at the beginning and really have him be redeemed or have to learn something, maybe that's one way in, but if you can't actually, in one of these kinds of movies, on, at some point, on some level, say, the real racist is you, audio audience member. Right. 
instead of patting the audience on the head and saying, obviously, you'd do the right thing, just like Pocahontas, then A, you haven't really fought racism. B, you haven't made a very compelling or interesting story. Yeah. Speaking of compelling and interesting, we, for some reason, were too lazy to turn off the Disney Plus autoplay and got to watch Pocahontas 2. What? <laughs> we watched Pocahontas. And then, I don't know, me and my wife were having a conversation or distracted or, I don't know, went to the kitchen or something like that. And Pocahontas... That's how gripping Pocahontas was. That's how, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We were so entranced by Pocahontas that we went and did something else. Pocahontas 2 came on and you didn't even realize it. We didn't even realize it. And then we're like, oh, it's Pocahontas 2. And then we were kind of glued to our seats would be wrong, but we were fascinated enough by what was going on with Pocahontas 2. Because it starts with John Smith. It starts with the return of Ratcliffe. He manages to parlay some favor with the king and get away with it. So (laughs) he comes after John Smith. And John Smith does this awesome fight scene up on a roof with... It's really bad. Like, it's that Disney sequel animation that... Yeah. Kind of like the Aladdin TV show or like Return of Jafar for that matter. But... What's fun is it really sounded like it was Mel Gibson. And we we're like, is that Mel Gibson? That sounds for all the world. We looked it up and it's like Peter Gibson or something. It's Mel's brother. I forget huh. what his name is, but his voice sounds exactly the same. They That's literally right. just cast and then all they brought everybody else back, but they, didn't, they weren't going to pay Mel Gibson bucks. So Mel, it starts with Mel Gibson getting thrown off of a tower or something like that. And you're like, oh no, John Smith's dead. Whatever shall I do? And then... Pocahontas falls in love with John Rolfe. Actually, John Rolfe shows up and he takes her back to civilization. And then there's this whole asinine plot where she has to impress the king so that Ratcliffe's plan to, you know, kill all the Native Americans will be foiled. And at the end of the day, they impress the king, and but Ratcliffe's already taken off. So our heroes have to get in ships and get in ships and stop Ratcliffe. And there's a big fight. And uh, Rolf and Smith team up. Uh, Smith, I guess, spoiler alert, Smith so didn't survived. actually die. He's, he, he is, in fact, the masked stranger that helps Pocahontas. <laughs> <laughs> um, Smith is a masked stranger. Wow. Yeah. There's like this uh, hooded guy that's helping her out, and it turns out to be John Smith. And then she has to make a choice between Smith and Rolf, the two Johns at the end. And she chooses Rolf. She chooses Rolf. And John. John's like, you can come with me on a world of adventures. We can, I'm never going to settle down. I'm going to go all these different places. And she's like, nah, I got to support the tribe and everything and have a family, have a family and stuff. So I'll stick with John Rolfe. Glad John Smith made it easy for her. John Smith makes it very easy for her. He is no longer interested in. But it sounds like a more interesting story than Pocahontas. Yeah, it actually was. It's terribly animated and has a bunch of forgettable songs not by Alan Menken and a really silly plot with Radcliffe. But I don't know. I don't know why I'm criticizing this as if I'm saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> so get this, Jake. Pocahontas 2 does not hold up <laughs> as a good work of cinema. What? <laughs> Miko and Flit actually get more laughs in Pocahontas 2 from us at least, then, I mean, they still don't get that many laughs, but they got one or two. There you go. There's a- They get to go to the new world? Yeah, of course, uh, the old world, you mean. Right, the the old world. They get to go to England, and there's a Indian guy played by Raymond's brother. Remember that deep-voiced guy from Everybody Loves Raymond? Raymond, Brad Garrett, I think his name was. 
He plays Pocahontas' bodyguard. So, okay, then. It's good stuff. You know, I, if people are trying to remember, like if they saw Pocahontas 20 years ago and they're trying to decide whether to rewatch it with us, I'd say you'd probably have more fun watching Pocahontas 2. There you go. You heard it here first. You'd probably also have more fun watching... The Lion King. The Lion King 2, Simba's Pride. Or <laughs> <laughs> The Lion King 1 and a half. Aladdin, King of Thieves. Aladdin, King of Thieves. Uh, maybe we'll have to do the Aladdin sequels sometime behind a paywall or something like that. They're the only sequels that we watched. You as a family watched? or yeah. You mean like growing up or growing you with your up, kids the, now? No, I've never watched any of the sequels with my kids. Growing up, they're the only sequels that we watched. Return of Jafar and King of Thieves. Or... You know, I would love to see Guy Ritchie's Return of Jafar. I just like to say that. Just like to put that out. Put that put that karma, put that chi out in the world. They uh they have a Disney Plus series, but it's based on Prince Gay Man. Who's Prince Gay Man? You know, like the fop the prince, the white guy, he's like Dutch or whatever. Oh, they actually made a real spinoff of the Guy Ritchie movie? Yes. With that guy? It's not out yet. It's in develop it's uh I think they had started shooting it maybe even, but yeah, they've the like that character they decided to make weird a whole spinoff about him. Okay, cool, good for him, I guess. Uh, I'll 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 watch an episode or two, see if they do something better with that world than Guy Ritchie did. <sighs> All right, well, Jake, how many how zero? Many, zero? That bad, huh? It is one of those Disney movies that I never have to watch again, and if I never have to watch it again, it will be too soon. It's a movie that I resent being part of a brand that will never die. Yes. This movie will never die and it will be and each I new generation the, will be bullied into watching this movie. I resent that we had to watch it for this podcast. I resent that she's a Disney princess. I resent that she's right there in the middle of the 90s. I resent it. I just I do not like this movie. Is Mulan next? I think so. That'll be a nice palate cleanser. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. How do you think this movie compares to Hunchback of Notre Dame as far as Disney's attempts to do something serious and interesting? Give me Hunchback. Yeah, I agree. Hunchback Everything has a, about Hunchback is way more interesting. Hunchback, they still don't really marry the comedy and the drama very well, but... No, but it has Frollo, and he is a He's great a great villain. Disney villain, yeah. And... Quasimodo is actually a really likable He's sympathetic. Character. Uh, you can decide to not like the, the gremlins or whatever those gargoyles. Yeah. That's fine. But Quasimodo sympathetic. Esmeralda is a thing. She she does Very her job. Very much a thing. Mm. Who does the job that they wanted her to do? Yeah. And Frollo's a bad, awesome villain, and he sings Hellfire. As and a, one of the coolest Disney moments of all time for, yeah. for adults, at least. Yeah, it's this intense. Nice, scary Disney song. If you look at just the component parts of that movie, whatever you want to say about how. It does or doesn't come together the opening carnival scene the fire stuff the and hellfire i say what i'm i I haven't seen it for years but the way i remember it i would say if they had just been able to actually do the serious one instead of try to make it for kids yeah just like take those gargoyles out and let's just make hunchback of notre dame because we've actually got some great elements for it but whatever that was never gonna happen yeah (laughs) gotta make that money gotta make that money can we maybe not call the gargoyles Victor and Hugo? That's... <laughs> <sighs> eh, you know. I guess Victor and Hugo is just so on the nose. Gauche. It's, it's, it's gauche, yes. <laughs> it's a little gauche. It, it would be like if 
Timon and Pumbaa were called Elton and John or something like that. <laughs> Abbott and Costello. <laughs> Abbott and Costello. <laughs> Uh, we'll have to find an excuse to do the Lion King. Right, we'll just have to circle back and do the non-Disney princess Disney movies at some Eventually point. Eventually, we will. Yeah, we'll need some kind of theme though, because I don't think I think each time we cast the net, we're not going to want to do all of them. do all of them. Yeah. So I don't know. We could just be as blatant as to just do the ones that we want to do. Maybe we could do Disney by decade or something like. That. I mean, probably everything through. I'm going to say somewhere in the 70s, we just want to do. I mean, even the the losers would be things like 101 Dalmatians, which is it's pretty fun. pretty good. It's fine. You'd have to watch some Aristocats and yeah, but Oliver and Company. We'd be okay with that. A, I would be okay with that. I, I yeah, I'd be I'd find it interesting. Where I'd start to get bogged down would be like the Black Cauldron and the, you know that's one of the only Disney movies I've never seen. Yeah, actually, what am I saying? I've never seen it either, and I'd love to see it. There, yeah, maybe we should just do, do it. it. But we're not doing that right now. We're hey, fin- guess what? What's we that? are on the edge. Yeah. Of getting to start our superhero's journey. Mm-hmm. How close are we, Jake? We currently have, mm, we are currently $2 away from unlocking the first stage of the superhero's journey. First stage of the superhero's journey, people will remember, uh, begins with the American anti-hero, typified most perfectly in Indiana Jones. So, Dr. Henry Jones Jr. So we're going to watch all the Indiana Jones movies once we get an additional $2 a month of support. So somebody out there, two of you out there can go pledge a dollar a month and unlock that first stage of the superhero's journey for us. And we will start to build a picture of the development of the hero and the superhero and the modern American mythos. Well, and if you if you enjoyed, which I know many people did, the scene by scene breakdowns that we did of the Star Wars movies, I think Indiana Jones will yield, yield even do. more riches yeah. because we're going to be we're going to be discussing the work of a master scene builder and filmmaker and Steven Spielberg and those individual sequences, you know, all the different action scenes and special effects scenes and character scenes and everything. It's just going to be a lot of fun to talk about. Indiana Jones is going to have a lot of fruit on that vine. Yep. So I'm really excited. Just so people know uh, where this is all headed. Once we unlock Indiana Jones, the next goal after that will be part two. The comics hit the big screen, and that will be a deep dive into two very different superhero franchises where people are just beginning to figure out what does it mean for a comic book character to hit the screen. So we'll deal with uh, the Christopher Reeve Superman films and the Tim Burton Batman films, which... A lot. I think we both have some nostalgia for both of those franchises, Absolutely. but they're also a mess and have the really campy, stupid aspects. But they're really fun. There's a lot to talk about there and what's going on and how. Well, it was before they had we think of heroes canonized the way that we do superhero movies. Like there wasn't a Marvel a Marvel formula. It was just people trying to bring comics to life. And so it's it's interesting to see it in that stage. Yeah. Well, the the next step on that journey to the marvel formula is uh sam raimi and christopher nolan that's right and so that's the stage after that so stage three yeah stage three sam raimi unlocks spider-man christopher nolan unlocks batman and what we have is with batman the turn towards that gritty realism and with uh spider with spider-man and sam raimi 
that just sort of real step towards the Marvel formula. Mm-hmm. And arguably the greatest Spider-Man film yet. You can certainly make that argument and I'm there's gonna, a lot I'm of points put in it in my top th- I'm going to say that there's no way that Spider-Man 2. Oh, I thought you were talking about Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Isn't that the greatest Spider-Man movie? Yeah, I, I mean obviously, yeah. Dick often puts on a tinfoil hand, hat and rant, rats rants about how Spider-Man 3 is the best movie ever made. Yeah. No, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 2 of course, yeah. is unquestionably in the top three Spider-Man movies of all time. And, and questionably in the really top good. superhero, three superhero movies of all time. It's yeah. a great movie. Yeah. You can, you can argue it, certainly argue it as being the, the greatest superhero movie of all time. Well, I think what you have with those Spider-Man movies for the first time is somebody that likes and gets comic books doing gets a movie. Gets what people like about comic and books. And Tim Burton trying to do his Tim Burton thing or Richard Donner doing his thing. It's somebody that just loves Spider-Man. And that paves, Spider-Man is cool. Paves the way for a lot of yep. what happened. Hey, if I think if we think Spider-Man's cool and just act like Spider-Man's cool, there there's actually a whole world of people out there that also think Spider-Man is cool. And we don't have to put our tongue in our cheek. Mm-hmm. We can play Spider-Man sincerely. Also have it just be as fantastic as some of the comic book stuff and wild and out there because that stuff's fun too. We don't have to like come up with microwave explanations for things like Christopher Nolan thought he had to do. But, you know, Nolan advanced the, pushed the conversation forward too in his own way. Yeah, no, we'll talk about, well, we having trouble not talking about it. So you better just pony up the cash. Yeah, get, get us there. And then after that, we start to get into the MCU by phase. Mm-hmm. And that'll be fun and something I'm really looking forward to. So if you thought it was fun when we went through uh, Star Wars scene by scene, which are far and away our most popular episodes that we've ever done. Yeah. Guys, you want us to get and do that with Indiana Jones, with the... Richard Donner and Tim Burton stuff. You want us, you really want us to do it with Raimi and Nolan, whether you know it or not. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And man, the MCU will just be tons of fun to do that with. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. And by the way, we're not, you're, that's not all you get when you go to Patreon. You get access to behind the scenes, or behind the scenes, behind the paywall Patreon episodes of this very show. There's one that I think came out yesterday when this drops where we talk about the Disney live action remakes talk yep. about Aladdin, Beauty and the Beast and Cinderella and me and uh, Jake and Ben Solzer was there for that one. Yep. Me and Jake have also been going through every week watching a little bit more of Star Wars, Clone Wars, Star Wars, Clone Wars, arguably the best Star Wars thing ever. I, he said without irony, it's a hundred percent the best Star Wars thing ever. I plant my flag here and I defy anyone to prove me wrong and i'm in season one aka the dumb season where they were figuring things out and it still might be the best star wars thing ever i really like the least of what that show has to offer honestly so sign up to hear all our thoughts on that and obviously we're much more excited to talk about those things than we were to talk about pocahontas but that's not our fault nope they should have made a better pocahontas film they should have made a better pocahontas hey i've been there i've we've done podcasts where it's like we don't actually have something profound to say, but we want to say something profound. You know, like you'll, 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 as a creative doing any kind of work, you'll start the process like 
you'll, you'll get yourself into trouble where you're like, I want to win the Academy Award instead of I actually have something to say. And so I relate to the problem. But a good thing that thankfully I think we've been able to do in those situations is realize, hey, wait a second. We don't have anything to say. So let's do something else. And that's what Pocahontas should have done. Should have canceled it. That's what a great producer would have done. And, and that's, by the way, you hear that story about all the Disney movies. Like we were going to do a stupid, serious version of, I mean, we said this with one of them, Little Mermaid maybe, or Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, we were going to do Beauty and the Beast without songs, without anything. And then we realized, let's scrap that. And do awesome and do the good instead. one. Disney has a history of having evil producers scrap things that had already had millions of dollars and tons of time poured into them and say, let's start from scratch because we have a quality guarantee. We get things right. We take the time. We invest the money. We have the time. We have the money. People, Nothing's more valuable than our name. Yeah. When people, people trust that it doesn't matter what the story's about, it doesn't ma- they just know it's a Disney movie and they go see it. And that's a valuable thing to maintain. And so, and that's, that's what Pixar has done. They go see it. They laugh. They cry. Their hearts are warmed. They get that Disney magic feeling, period. That's why you scrap this Pocahontas and you build it up from scratch. And that's what Pixar does too. I mean, that's what Pixar, when you read between the lines, Pixar sounds like a great place to work. It looks so much fun. They're all sitting on the little bouncy balls and everything. It's like working at Apple. Yeah. In the Steve Jobs era. Yeah. It's like... Oh, you spent five years of your life on this? Well, it's pretty it's, good instead of great. So you're fired. Yep. Somebody over. else is taking over. Thanks for trying. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Sure, DreamWorks would love to have it. But we're not DreamWorks. We're Pixar. We don't do that stuff. Yeah. Well, Disney, you dropped the ball. But I, I don't have a but. You just dropped the ball. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody patreon.com forward slash sanity at the movies until next time Akuna Matata actual good movies just around the river bed.